Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by having the occasional live training every now and then. And my next live training is going to be on Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern. I'm titling it Five Keys for Improved Productivity. Now, if you're interested, you can either register at the link in the show notes or at the banner at the top of MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, Mr. Productivity.com. On the show today, I'm going to butcher this young man's name, but I'm going to say it anyways. Miha Matlieski. Now he's a pole. He's Polish, somewhat like I am, but I, I I have trouble saying other people's names like that. So I do apologize to Miha. We're going to talk about failure today. We're going to talk about the relationship you should have with failure. So he is the fail coach. He's got a lot of great ideas. So get ready to learn a lot about a topic we don't like to talk about, failure. Miha, welcome to the show. Hello, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. And you're all the way in Serbia, and I was telling you before we hit record, you are the first guest that I've ever recorded that was actually in Serbia when I recorded it. So welcome to history-making episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah well you know it's always a first for something yes now you're not originally from serbia you just so tell us the story how did you get to be uh in serbia oh a few years ago exact i mean three years ago i had a successful exit from my last startup uh with the money i was able to repay for all my past failures that we'll probably dive into later And uh, I found myself with an abundance of time and, and, you know, enough money. uh, And uh, I call that the freedom of choice. And you can choose what you want to do. And uh, a big thing when I was bouncing back from my failures was when I adopted a dog. And uh, that uh, little little furry uh, ball of love really helped me to, to go through all the things. And is probably one of the big reasons that I actually survived through the whole thing. And so when I found myself with this abundance of choice, I said, well, I want to give back more to the, to the animals, to the um, animal kingdom. And so, um, yeah, my path led me to Serbia. Uh, here in Eastern Europe, uh, animals, stray animals are quite a problem. And uh, I moved and I'm trying to do as much as I can to help those animals, to save them, to find them new homes and so on. So that's the reason why I'm here. How long have you lived there? Uh, three years now. Okay. Interesting. Now, your, your passion is something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. It's failure, the F word we don't like to talk about. But failure is a real part of life. So give us your thoughts on failure before we get into the topic really deeply. Well, I mean, in all honesty, um, however much you want to avoid failure, you, you, you really can't. I mean, whenever you are trying something new, whenever you're, whenever you're pushing yourself for dreams and goals, and you know, us entrepreneurs, we have big, crazy goals and dreams. We want to go to Mars and so on. Um, so you have to fail. I mean, you don't have to, but you will fail. That's, 
you know, a, a given. I think like three things are, are, are certain in this world. You have to pay your taxes. Uh, we will all die. And if you want to achieve something, you'll fail along the journey. And so failure is not something you can really avoid, which a lot of people try to do. And, and then another thing which I'm talking about more recently is that companies and entrepreneurs who start embracing failure because the fail fast, fail forward, uh, the growth, the learning, and everything that comes from that will speed up the process to go to success. I think that will actually become or is becoming a competitive advantage. Um, so I've even done some work with uh, Fortune 500 companies on how to uh, create this we can fail mindset when it comes to their employees and leaders and so on. So I think failure will be a huge thing that will help companies with competitive edge towards competitors who are afraid to fail. Why do you think people are afraid to fail? Well, I mean, it's never nice when you fail. And, you know, um, I think when, when it comes to things that are, known in general, like, you know, when you learn how to ride a bicycle, nobody does it on their first try. We all fail. We all fall a few times, but that's just so natural to all of us. It became a natural process that, you know, we don't put much thought into that. Maybe if you are trying to learn uh, how to ride the bicycle for a few years and you still can't make it, then the whole thing becomes emotional and when emotions are involved and the higher the emotions the bigger the failure that we see um, otherwise it, you, we could only just call it learning or experimenting or trial and error but when huge emotions are attached that's when we say failure um, and you can see that happening with relationships businesses so things that on one hand if we achieve those dreams and goals, uh, our life will be beautiful. We will have abundance of everything. But then when we don't, we go in, into huge negative emotions. And then that's when we start naming something failure. I heard the saying, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, that people are not failures. We fail at things, but we are not a failure. So talk about that for a few minutes. Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, but the thing is, when you go through failures, and if they're highly emotional, that's what you start. You start looking at yourself as a permanent failure. You, 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 you no longer say, oh, I just failed at something. Now, you know, um, the life goes on. Uh, but you start looking, and especially if you've tried a few times, you know, like when people um, go on different diets, and they lose some weight and then they get back and bounce back and get the weight back. And then they try once and twice and three times and so on. And suddenly, because of the failures that happened, the accumulated number of failures, they start thinking, oh, I'm a failure. Um, nothing that I try, I succeed at. Um, I fail at everything. I am a failure. And uh, it just happens after... Uh, we fail a few times and if we don't have healthy relationship with failure. Hmm. Healthy relationship with failure. I love that. So someone listening to this conversation and they're like, you know, I understand what you guys are saying. I feel like a failure. 
what would you say to them if you could if you could you know get their attention? I mean, they're listening right now. They're they're listening to the conversation right now. What would you tell them? What would be some simple ideas they can do to begin to look at the better side of life instead of saying that they're a failure? What would you tell them? Um, I would I would strongly advise them to reach out to somebody who can help them. Uh, when we are going through failure, and the bigger that failure is, the more in our emotions we are, and our emotions cloud our vision. Um, the good relationship with failure is an on, non-emotional, actually. It's a logical relationship, because failure is always part of the process. And we were either doing wrong steps, or we had bottlenecks that we didn't eliminate, or our goals in the first place were not set correctly um, to be achievable anyway. Uh, But you have to be logical to be able to break down the steps, break down the process, reverse engineer what was happening before the failure. So you need somebody who is not emotionally attached to whatever's happening to you. So usually not a family member or a co-worker if it's business-related thing, but somebody from the outside. Now, of course, somebody who has some experience with that uh, would be good. Somebody who has some life experience as well. And just to reach out to them and let them guide them and help them Uh, reverse engineer the process. Because when we do that, sooner or later, we come to aha moments. Either, oh, you know, I was trying to sell this thing to people on Facebook, but my audience is on LinkedIn. What was I thinking? And then you're like, oh, that was the problem. Now I can just change and, and, you know, change the process and I'll get to success. Or, you know, we had some um, bottlenecks or the goals were, you know, maybe I just started building my business and my goal is I want to have my first client after 30 days. Well, I mean, first you need to focus on building the audience, then you build the product market fit, then you validate that and through the validation, then you can focus on getting clients. So often we, we, we you know, we look too far ahead, but with not enough time to actually go through all the business development steps that are needed to get to where that particular KPI is something we should focus on. It's interesting you mentioned about social media because I got trapped into being everywhere, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and then I realized where where's my engagement? Where's my tribe? Where are the people who are interested? And it was in LinkedIn. You ironically mentioned LinkedIn. So I've actually pulled back on everything non-LinkedIn because I'm like, why waste my time on a network where nobody's engaging with me, no one's hiring me when I'm getting an incredible engagement to on LinkedIn? And I think people need to realize that that you may be thinking that Facebook's hot, but maybe like you said, your tribe is on, on LinkedIn. Well, then you pivot. Because one of the things I've learned in studying high performers for several years is they look at failure as a learning opportunity where a lot of people are not high performers. They go, oh man, I screwed up again. I failed again. The whole point of failure is to learn. What do you need to do? What do you need to change to go forward? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, here is where the logic comes in and a little bit process thinking, you know? Uh, So, okay, uh, I'm starting my business. Obviously, I need to talk to people on social media. 
well, where should I go? I have no idea. Okay, I'll try out three different social media platforms. I'll pick YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn. Okay, so what do I try now? What kind of content do I post? How can I measure? How can I get the data back and then see, oh, my things are really working on LinkedIn and it's not working on Instagram. Okay, so away with Instagram, let's focus on LinkedIn and increase that even further and put our resources there because we all always have limited resources. Even Apple has limited resources. No, nothing is unlimited. And so we always have to be very careful how we spend our resources. Where, where do we invest our time, energy, money, resource, like anything, all the resources. How do we invest them for the biggest return on the investment? Because that's the fastest way to creating momentum. And so you can't do that if you go with, I feel, I hope, I think. You need some solid data. And I mean, in today's world, there is just no excuse with all the tools that are available to us and all the software solutions and apps and this and that, that measure and uh, give us an analytics and so on. It's, it's really no excuse to, um, to start measuring your activities. I agree a hundred percent, but I also think with all the metrics out there, it's really easy to get overwhelmed because you have all this data and you're like, Oh my gosh, I have the data I need, the data I want. I'm paralyzed. I don't know what to do now because there's so much out there. And I think what you need to do is determine what do you want to know? Because like you just said, there is lots of information out there, but you don't need all that information. What do you need to know to go forward? And I think people can really easily get overwhelmed. They go, I got this data, but do you need it all? Well, yeah, I mean... The first thing is, if you are knowledgeable about something, then, you know, you just have to reflect and say, okay, which parts of this data are actually giving me anything useful? Now, of course, we might come to the point where you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. If you are new to the entrepreneurial world, to social media, I mean, you don't even know what data to gather, what KPIs to look at. Well, then... You know, you have plenty of options. You can find a course and learn about Facebook, about Instagram, and and so on. So you can be the solopreneur and you can do it for yourself. Or you can hire a consultant, a coach, an advisor, different things for different roles that you might need that already know that they they are already where you want to be. So uh, what you don't know that you don't know, they know. And so they can guide you through that process. And, you know, you learn through um, that cooperation with, with somebody like that. Um, and next time, you know. When I started looking at the successful people in our world, I, I noticed something very interesting about them. They spend a lot of time in personal development every day, every week. And there's this big, I mean, this big chasm. You can't miss it. The people who are really successful, spend a lot of time in personal development. The people who don't, who are not successful, spend a lot of time t- watching TV and playing video games. And I mean, it's, it's not a faint line. It's not black. It's not gray. It's black and white. And I tell people, like you just said, if you want to become the next Mark Cuban, 
Well, then find out what he's doing. If you want to become the next Elon Musk, find out what they're doing. Don't try to figure out, well, I'm going to do it my own. There's no, that's not a badge of honor. People have already been successful in our world. So go do what they're doing and you'll probably get nearly the same results. And, but the problem is people, they don't want to do that. Like, well, I want to watch Netflix or I want to watch Hulu. I promise you, Mark Cuban doesn't spend eight hours a day watching TV. He's out there improving himself. So was Elon Musk and all these people. And so that's why I see a lot of people. They just don't spend time. They'll say, I love when people tell me, well, I don't, I don't have time for personal development. And I'm like, well, how much TV and video games do you play? And they get really offended. They're like, what's that got to do with anything? Well, you just told me you had no time. But now between TV and video games, you pay six to eight hours a day. You have the time. The problem is you're choosing one thing over another. Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about you. I mean, even when I'm teaching uh, or working with my clients, we always start. And the big focus of our work is on the first pillar, which is you, the entrepreneur. Mm. Nobody was born the perfect entrepreneur. We have some skills. We lack some skills. We have some mindsets. We lack some of them. But at the end of the day is, you know, um, are you just going to make excuses or are you willing to take action? And it's daily consistency that will get you there. And, uh, yeah, like you said, um, everything comes from the inside. Nothing will first come from the – I mean, how many times have I said that in the past and how many times I hear now my clients say, you know, like, oh, when I get that next agreement, then I will start, I don't know, working on uh, – I don't know, working out or whatever. And I always tell them, no, because after that agreement, something else will be your focus and another thing and another thing. No, um, you have to start first and then things will manifest on the outside. That's the hardest work that we have to do is the work on ourselves. Even if you look at things like emotional intelligence, which is number one soft skills for leadership, uh, the first two pillars, self-awareness, self-management. Only after you master those two, you go to uh, uh awareness, uh, social awareness, and then uh, managing other people. That's the fourth pillar, but we just want to skip and go directly to the fourth one. It doesn't work like that. Everything starts and ends inside of you. Um, and I know it's hard to understand that, but that's just how it is. And uh, I, I see with, you know, my, my clients, they all come to me with, you know, like, Miha, I want to, grow more sales. I want to do this. I want to have more time. And I am a business coach, but probably 70% of the time we are doing the inner work. I feel like a life coach and, and a therapist sometimes and a marriage counselor sometimes and so on. Uh, but once you take care of the inner stuff, the business stuff is super simple. It's bam, 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 because the business stuff is very technical. It's very logical. Um, you put things in place. You test them out a little bit. You do a little bit of pivoting and polishing, and that's it. The biggest, we ourselves are our own biggest bottlenecks if we don't prioritize on working on ourselves. And yeah, most people don't want to hear that. I, I've heard many people like, oh, I just want to grow sales. I don't need any of that mind, mindfulness and, and mindsets BS. 
but that's really what you need. What's interesting is I love studying people who had failed. And there's a guy named Tim Ferriss, and he wrote The 4-Hour Workweek. And what people don't realize is he was rejected 37 times in that book. Now, how would you like to be those 37 publishers looking back on, oh, my goodness, we missed it. The problem is he didn't give up. Oprah Winfrey, another person, did not give up. Tony Robbins did not give up. Elon Musk, I was just reading in the current issue of Success Magazine, you know, he has a lot of failures behind him. The truly successful people, and I'm not talking just monetarily, the people who are successful in life, they go, okay, I failed. What can I learn from this? Wasn't the right time. Didn't have the right financing, the right team members, whatever the case may be. They didn't give up. And I see so many people, sadly, they encounter failure and they're like, well, wasn't meant to be. And they go back to watch Netflix. No, learn the lesson that the failure taught you. That's how you move forward. But I'm sure you see it a lot in your line of work where people just give up at the first sign of failure. Yeah, because they're trying to be this, like, this is the thing. Two very important soft skills are mindfulness and emotional intelligence. Mindfulness to step away from the current moment, to not react on the autopilot, and then emotional intelligence to really manage whether you should react with emotions or make decisions with emotions or logic. And most people, we and, and I was you know, guilty of that as well. We try to be emotional when it's really time for logic and we try to be logical when it's time for emotions. So when we are starting something, that should come from our heart. We should be passionate about what we are starting because that will tremendously help us on overcoming the obstacles. The obstacles are mandatory. We will all have them. It's not like we can avoid them. Uh, Even if you hire the best coach out there, you still have to do some trial and error along the way. Nobody has the magic wand for you, for your particular case. And most people, when they're thinking of starting something is, oh, what makes most sense in 2020? Uh, What will make me most money? and so on. They're asking themselves the wrong question. So they're trying to do something that they really have no passion about. And because you're not passionate about it, when the problems start, you see that almost as a sign that that's not meant for you. Hmm. That's powerful. So Mia, what is one takeaway? I mean, we've been talking for a while now, what is one talk, takeaway you want the listener to make sure they walk away from this conversation with? I want, I want them to nail it down, so that's why I'm going to isolate it right here. What is that one takeaway? Well, I mean, definitely develop healthy relationship with failure. Work on that. It, it's not easy. It takes some time. It takes a lot of different ingredients, um, like some soft skills, some hard skills, and so on. So it takes a few different things, but it will greatly, greatly, greatly help you on your journey to success. It will speed up your journey to success. And uh, I mean, it will help you just in everything that you do with your private relationships, with your, you know, significant other, with your friends, in in your business. Um, it's, It's, you know, the business stuff, or especially this early stage stuff, the, 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 um, the you, the entrepreneur, that's beneficial for all the areas of your life, not just your mm-hmm. business area. 
Um, and so, yeah, uh, learn how to develop healthy relationship with failure. Um, that's definitely the message that I'm trying to share over and over and over again. And I can relate. You said something earlier in the conversation about your part in marriage therapist and therapist. And I'm the same way with productivity. You know, I get into it and I have to get into people's heads and find out why they're doing it. So it's just interesting. You think you are a productivity coach or a failure coach or a business coach, but really you do have to be part bartender, uh, a good listener. You have to be a part therapist. So that all comes with the territory. So, so if someone wants to find out more about you and what you do, where would they go? Well, one way is to just go to Google and search for fail coach. Uh, I'm still the only only crazy enough person to call himself fail code. So they'll find plenty of things. But if they want to get to know me a bit better, to um, I'm talking about these things all the time in my membership group. Um, it's a very simple thing, 17 bucks one time, uh, and it's called the leverage of trust. It's all about building relationships, nurturing those relationships, uh, because relationships are where your business development starts because that's your base for validating, testing, uh, trying things out, getting first feedback and so on. So part of the first step in business development is product market fit. Audience, an, an audience is the start of the product market fit. And that's where we dive into the leverage of trust. But then in the Facebook group, I talk about all sorts of foundations and skills. And we focus a lot on failure and stuff like that. So if they want to dive in, then that would be go to the leverageoftrust.com. Um, and if not, then just go to Google, type fail coach, and it will take you to everywhere where we are and they can experience my content however they want. Okay. Well, Miha, this has been an absolute thrill, thrill having you on the show, talking about failure and our relationship with it. So I want to thank you for joining us today all the way from Serbia and really appreciate you on the show today. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure to be your guest and this was a really fun uh, conversation. So I hope your audience will enjoy it as well. Thank you. And just before we go, don't forget to go register for my upcoming live training on Friday, July 17th at noon Eastern called Five Keys for Improved Productivity. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or at the banner at the top of my page at mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, Mr. Productivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.